Good morning. Good morning. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy and tried and true. Um, that that song that we would sing that small song this morning is the Holy Spirit, because I have a feeling it wasn't really planned or. Um, so if you get nothing out of today, you can refer back to that song and the Father Ronnie's comments because he really preached my sermon this morning. Thank you, Father. If you would, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to really be looking um, at Paul's letter to the church in Galatia today. That's primarily what I'm going to be preaching on. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I don't know about you, but we all want to bear fruit. And um, it's kind of interesting... The version, the translation that Brian read actually says in contrast, right? And what is Paul contrasting that with? He's contrasting that with a whole lot of things of the world, right? And it's very easy for me. Um, a lot of those things all of us would give a hearty amen to, right? We don't want to be filled with acts of the sinful nature, right? Those obvious acts that Paul talks about, like sexual immorality or impurity or debauchery or idolatry. What horrible things. But then he gets personal. And he starts talking about things like hatred and discord and fits of rage and selfish ambition and dissension, and factions, and envy. And I think, why does he have to go there? We all want to bear fruit. We are in that season in the church year when we really talk and read a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit, the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And there may be a lot of debate in the church today if we were to talk about, for instance, the gifts of the Spirit. Who are they for? Does everyone get all of the gifts? Or does everyone get some of them? Are some of them not for today? A lot of debate. But there should be, and there is no debate that I know of in the church, that the fruits of the Spirit are for everyone. And yet, I don't know about you, but just this morning... I wasn't really that patient. And because I wasn't that patient, I probably wasn't that kind, nor gentle. And my tendency is to lose self-control all of the time. And so I wonder, is it just that I need to get to work on this stuff? Is that what St. Paul is calling us to do? So if this is the goal, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, how do I get there from here? Well, the
the first thing that we're going to do this morning is we're going to talk about some ways that we don't get there. If you would turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to kind of jump around Galatians a little bit because I think Paul is going to kind of really reveal his, his heart to us and what God wants to say to us about this idea of bearing fruit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In verse 24 of that fifth chapter, you don't need to turn back there. I don't mean to make you run back and forth. Paul says, after he gives this list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, he says, against such things there is no law. And then in verse 24 he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And so that might lead me to believe that i got some work to do, right? I'm in charge of this. I need to crucify the flesh. I need to take care of those sinful desires and strive towards that. Paul was a man with passion and intensity. And he had tried with everything that he had to earn God's favor. Paul came to realize that he could not fix himself. That he could not in his own efforts become what God was calling him to be. In 1 Galatians, or Galatians chapter 1 rather, I'm sorry. Paul is writing to the Judaizers. You see, the Judaizers were a group of people in Galatia that followed Paul around. They were, they were Jewish Christians. I mean, they, they had accepted Christ, but there was this creeping idea that they really had to bring the law back in. That the law ultimately was the way that they followed and pleased God. And Paul says to them, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to talk about his previous life and his own attempts to keep the law and to please God through keeping the law. And he says, hey, I was advancing. I was doing all of the right things. I was being instructed by all of the right things. But in verse 15 he says, But when God who set me apart from birth and called me by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. But I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. And so, this man who had passionately and intensely sought to please God now becomes content in humble faith to take what the Father lovingly offers him. And so, we cannot work our way to the fruits of the Spirit. They actually come from the Holy Spirit. They are a gift from God. 
And they are directly in contrast, as you read, to the things of the world. All of those things that we would all shake our head, never, never, right? We would never allow those things to be in the church, and yet so many on that list we struggle with, right? And some of us struggle with different things if we're honest with ourselves and one another. And so our cry is, create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 2, in verse 16, Paul writes this, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. You see, we cannot get there by working to get there. And I don't know about you, but even as a Christian, a lot of my life I've tried to do that. I've tried to. I read those fruits of the Spirit and I want that, right? And I read the, all of the things that Paul mentions before that and I don't want that stuff in my life. And I see, feel like if I just strive for that, I'll get there. But Paul is saying, not only are we justified by faith in Jesus Christ... We are not the product of our own right thinking or even the things we do or don't do. It's all God's doing. The fruit of the Spirit comes from the Spirit. And so we say, well, how in the world does that work? Growing up, my dad... Um, I think my dad kind of always wanted to be a farmer. We lived in the suburbs, so he wasn't a farmer at all. But we had a lot of things in our backyard. I can remember having chickens for a while, and the, where we lived came into the city, and we had to get rid of them because the neighbors didn't like chickens. We were in the county first, and you could have them there, and then we couldn't. And my dad grew grapes. Um, and I can remember watching my dad Every year, he would go out there, and he would just, to, in my view, he would mutilate these grapevines. Um, and I remember asking him, well, how in the world did you learn how to grow grapes? And he's like, let me tell you a story. Evidently, he had always wanted to grow grapes. I mean, maybe it's a Greek thing. I'm not really sure. And so one of his uncles had given him a clipping from a grapevine. And the way you grow grapes, you get a clipping from a, an existing vine and you bring it somewhere and you transplant it. Well, he had done that and he had done all the stuff that they told him to do and the thing would not grow. It just died on him. So he planted like three or four of these clippings and they had just died on him. So he gave up and he literally stacked firewood against that fence. And a couple years later, that same uncle that had given him the grapevine came in the house one day eating grapes. And my dad said, where in the world did you get those grapes from? And his uncle said to him, well, from your grapevine in the back. 
and my dad ran out and lo and behold behind that wood pile that grapevine had taken off a couple of them had actually taken off and began to grow and so thus began my dad's kind of passion for growing grapes so all my life we had these grapevines in the backyard and my dad once a year would go out and like I said in my view he would mutilate the grapevine he would cut away everything that looked good all of the green stuff and he explained to me that this was called pruning and that in pruning the grapevine this was actually diverting the energy of the grape all of that energy, the, the nutrients from the soil, the water, everything else, so that that grapevine would produce good fruit. And the part that he left was gnarly looking. It would look like an old, twisted, dried up branch. In John's Gospel, the 15th chapter, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So here's the thing, if we want to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we have to do two things. We have to remain in Christ Jesus, understanding that no matter what's going on in our life, good, bad, our failures, our failures to do all of those things, maybe we find ourselves trapped in some of the things that Paul talks about in Galatians 5.19. But even in the midst of those, we must constantly remind ourselves and cry out to God, for we are in Christ. And in Christ, we have received and we bear His righteousness, not ours. Amen? Amen. And so that stuff, that fruit of the Spirit that God has for every one of His children is something that He is bringing about and He is doing it by pruning us. And I would suggest to you that pruning is not really a comfortable thing. For when we allow the Lord to prune us, we are allowing Him to cut away first and foremost our self-reliance. And in doing that, we are becoming free to become all that He has called us to be. Both in the Gospel today and in the Old Testament there are these strange scenes about people kind of wanting to do God's will. So you think of Elisha first and then you think of the two people that come to Jesus and they want to walk with the Lord. They want to walk with God. They want to serve Him. And in both cases, there's a challenging. In one version, if you read that from 1 Kings, he actually says to Elisha after he throws the mantle on him, and Elisha says, well, you know, i got to go say my goodbyes, right? Because I know who knows where I'm going. 
And in one of the versions, if you read the translation, says, And Elijah said to him, ah, Forget about it, basically. If that's what you need to do, you go do that. And he begins to walk on. And Elisha realizes in that moment he's got a choice to make, right? And I don't think we can really understand what he does, but he literally kills the oxen he's working with, takes the yoke and all the stuff that's made out of wood, and he burns it to cook the oxen and give it to the people. It's his way of breaking with everything that he's ever known and saying, I'm with you. Because I know in you is life. And the same thing when Jesus presents that, hey, if you need to go take care of that stuff, if that's what's important to you, you go do that. But if you want to follow me, if you want to follow me, there's going to be some pruning there's going to be some stuff I cut away. There's going to be some stuff that may not be even in that list of things that we consider like bad and stuff, but it keeps the Holy Spirit from being able to work in our hearts and in our lives and to bring about that fruitfulness that God has for each and every one of us. So if not by the law or our own efforts, then what? Martin Luther once wrote that grace was like the rain. The rain falls on the earth, no matter what the condition of the earth is, right? It can be a patch of dry ground, it can be somewhere that there are weeds and so forth. And from that rain falling on the ground, there are some fruits that will spring up. Now, they may not be fruits that we want. But everything that lives, to me, in some way, gives glory to God, right? Because He created it. He designed it. Even though the thistle and all of those things that we don't tend to like. And so, the Holy Spirit will call, just as Jesus called and just as Elijah called, He will call us to move away from the things of the world. Not by our own efforts. Not because we think that's a good idea and we think we can fix ourselves. In fact, in recovery, one of the principles that we state is that we have abandoned self-help. And we now consciously choose to commit all of our lives and will to Christ's care and control. Because only He can do in us the things of God. Amen? So, in that gospel, Jesus is saying that those fruit-bearing branches are A, clean because they abide and are attached to Him. And so when we see ourselves and understand that we are always in Christ and that our righteousness is His righteousness given to us, one of the songs we sang today talked about being locked in shame. That's what shame does. Shame causes us to forget that we are in Christ. That it is His righteousness. Shame says, your righteousness isn't enough. And to that I would say, Amen. Right? But I don't walk in my righteousness. I walk in His. And B, 
as the Holy Spirit prunes us, the stuff that keeps us from becoming fully fruitful is cut away. Right? This morning, I was impatient. I felt like we were running late. I got in the car. I could send, I, I just had, I was getting a mood. I was getting an attitude. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me, let go. It's going to be okay. And I'll be honest with you, part of me didn't particularly want to let go. Part of me wanted to take control of the situation, to gripe at the girls about how long it takes them to get ready and all of the other things. And yet I was reminded I must remain in Him. I must trust Him. And if He's speaking that to me, then it's something I have to be willing to let go. And maybe, maybe for some of us it starts with the really, really small things. And the big things take a while. Right? They're a little harder to cut. But it is all the Holy Spirit's work. And guess what? As He changes us, He changes our hearts and our minds to become more like Him. In that gospel this morning, or that gospel 15th chapter of John, the ultimate fruit of the Spirit is love. Because if you look at all of those fruits of the Spirit this morning, they either have to do with loving God or loving our neighbor, don't they? So some of the fruits of the Spirit are faithfulness, joy, peace, and self-control. Those speak of our relationship with God. And others of the fruits are patience, kindness, and gentleness. Those are fruits that speak to our relationship with other people. So much so that the church had to come up with a new word for love than the world had ever heard. Because everyone knew what it meant to love your own family, right? Everyone knew what it was to have passionate love for someone. But no one had ever understood a love that gave of itself expecting nothing in return until they experienced the love of God in Christ Jesus. And it became that love that the church began to display, to display to the world around it. Not by their own efforts, but because the Holy Spirit was working within them. That new word, agape, not the love of the world, not the love that the world speaks of, but the love of the Father working in us, and through us to change the world around us. Morning prayer, the ending prayer or the prayer of thanksgiving ends with this prayer. Lord, grant us the gift of your Spirit that we may know Him and make Him known. And through Him at all times and in all places may give thanks to You in all things. And so at the end of the day, as we allow the Spirit to work in our lives, to prune those things that are holding the Spirit back, 
as we become more and more fruitful, our eyes should not look upon ourselves in pride, but in humility we must acknowledge that it has been and it will always be God's work in us. May the beauty of the undeserved love of God be on you so that it will make your life lovely too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.